Hi everybody, this is Wit from Spiderbait. When I'm passing through Karam, aside from slowing down to 50 kilometres an hour and reminisces about doing the Eel Race Road Rumba or the Watley Street Wiggle, I like to tune in to Radio Karam and get down with the good vibes. Welcome to the Strong Single and Human podcast, a real look at single parenting, how to navigate the ups and downs of life with kids on your own while keeping sane. We cover all manner of subjects from domestic violence, dealing with childhood trauma, through to fussy eaters and how to help your kids become resilient. I'm your host, Claire Martin. Welcome. This week's guest is an expert at leveraging the power of brands to secure the competitive edge. He has worked on projects with several leading brands across North America, Europe and Africa, including Samsung, Coca-Cola, Toyota, Procter & Gamble and Nestle, amongst others. When the COVID-19 pandemic caused the world to shut down, the lens through which he viewed life changed. He quickly went from being on a plane a few times a week to being in pyjamas all day, every day. And while many of his friends saw this as a challenge, he saw it as a unique opportunity to put his message on the pages of a book called Cracking the Life Code. He says life does not come with a manual. However, if you master your mindset, behaviors and habits, you can navigate life better and achieve personal success. And teaching your children this from a very early age can affect their health, happiness and well-being. Born and raised in Nigeria, he lives in New York City now, where he enjoys food, photography, hiking and conquering his goal of traveling to all 50 states. Hey, welcome, Babs. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. No, it's been great. Now, look, wow, COVID. COVID pandemic hit like two years ago. I cannot believe it was two years ago. But like, so, but your life has sort of changed, really. I mean, you were jet-setting around here, there and everywhere. Uh, working for these big brands and then COVID hit and like your life seemed to hit the brakes a bit and so um, tell us tell us a bit about your life before COVID hit and then we'll go on to the impact of COVID had has had on you not had on you but yeah well so what what was your life like what were you what were you doing pre-COVID well thank you um thank you for having me here uh pre-COVID I was literally um serving clients, if you will, as a strategy consultant and working on projects for all the, the big clients that I that I work for. And I had uh, I, I had a very busy schedule, constantly in and out of town, on the plane and off the plane, working and, and getting a lot of projects done for my for my clients. That's really what took the most of my time pre-COVID. I was <laughs> always on the go super busy and actively doing stuff with my with my business and my career and my entire um my entire life and then covid hit like uh, 2020 yeah like wallop 
Uh-huh. And like, what impact did it have on you? It was like a dream when COVID hit. I remember very... <laughs> a nightmare? <laughs> Maybe a nightmare, not a dream. Uh, well, I'm trying the best that I can I to flip it and just think yeah. of it in a positive light. Because uh, I, I remember back on the 8th of March, uh, when I received an email from seven clients on the same day saying, hey, guys, we have to halt all these projects going forward. And um, suddenly what seemed to be a high-flying life and a high-flying business suddenly disappeared in one day. These clients did not know each other. These clients don't even leave or don't operate in the same region. But in the same day, they decided all these projects was going to end. And, and I could understand that. We also worked for some startup firms that were just trying to get in the market and they had invested a lot of funds and project was just about to take off when COVID hit and they had to make a decision that was great for them, which was to, you know, stop every project just to understand what to, what to do. And, um, and that affected me directly. So I just went from, you know, this high flying life to just being home all day, every day in pajamas. <laughs> Wow. And like, what was going through your mind when you like got these, got these emails? Like, what state were you in? Because like, I was thinking about the people that I pay uh, salaries. And I was asking myself, my the consultants that work on the team, the, you know, assistants and virtual assistants spread across the globe because we have virtual assistants from different parts of the world. Uh, and I'm like, this is going to hit them directly. Uh, how do I even communicate that these projects are about to be paused, you know, be put on hold. And so that's what I spent. In fact, that night I did not sleep because I was in bed tossing and turning and asking myself, okay, so what now? <laughs> how do we, how do we move forward from here? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. And so um, in your pajamas as such, how did, so what did you do? How did you deal with it? So what happened was I immediately had to pivot. I had to think of how to make good use of the time that I had. Um, You have to remember for so many years, I've been flying and just literally working hard and not really having enough time as I will with myself. And here am I with so much time in my hands without really knowing exactly what to do with this time. So I decided there was one thing specifically that I wanted to do, uh, but never had time to do. And that was primarily just writing this book called Cracking the Life Code. So I said, well, maybe this is an opportunity for me to put my pen to paper and put down this message that I always wanted to share. Now, before COVID, I had the opportunity of speaking at conferences because I do love public speaking. I like to encourage people and motivate people. So I get invited a lot to speak at conferences and workshops here and there, seminars on campuses, universities, and here business forums and all that. But when COVID hit, we weren't doing anything in person anymore. So I thought I would condense all my... um, message and my the skills that I've acquired over the years and just put them in the form of a book so people can access them you know remotely and and have the same information since we can't meet in person anymore that's what led to the book cracking the life code 
Wow. Okay. And so, wow. <laughs> so uh, hats off to you because like there are some people who would have just gone off the ledge regarding like, you know, having their stability. It's, it's you know, it's their stability rocked basically by COVID. And a lot of companies, you know, a lot of companies um, did get rocked by COVID. Well, and I'm talking from Melbourne. So like Melbourne's the most locked down city in the world. So a lot of, um, you know, a lot of the um, hospitality businesses got smashed. But, um, but like you say, it's about pivoting and, um, you know, getting the positive out of whatever the situation is and trying to um, change that situation. So, um, okay, tell us about this book. What is it about? Like, I know, like, I know it's cracking the life code, okay, but like, what what does the book actually contain? And can you give us any hints and tips about how we would crack our life code now? Because we're now we're now coming out of COVID, so you know. Yeah, and uh, what is uh, it uh, about? Quintessentially, like. Give us some details. Uh, so cracking a life code, I, I like to tell a quick story about how in my early, uh, would I say early teenage life, I walked into the bedroom one day and I saw my mother crying and that, that broke my heart. Uh, I asked her why she was crying and she said to me, her mother had just broken a bad news to her and her mother was crying. And because she could not help her mother, it hurt her even more. And so she was crying and yeah. that broke my heart. I remember saying to myself that day that even though I was just about 14 years old, that I would do the best that I can to ensure that I, I create for myself the type of life that enables me to be able to help my loved ones at every point in my life. And so I began this process of learning how to navigate life and what, what skills are necessary to build a flourishing life. And just essentially because I wanted to come to a point where I'll be able to help as many people as possible. I never wanted to find myself in a situation where, uh, my loved ones are crying, but I'm not able to help. And now that desire to help is what really motivated me to write this book. It's the simple fact that, listen, when you think of it, life does not come with a manual. And so when a no. child is born, uh, you don't give the child a manual and say, hey, this is a manual to navigate life. I think of life like a giant uh, jigsaw puzzle where you dump out all the pieces and every one of us are trying the best we can to put these pieces together. That's, that's what we're trying to do. And that's what life can be likened to. Trying to navigate life is like trying to put the several pieces of a big puzzle together. The unfortunate thing about the puzzle of life, and that's what makes life even more complicated, is the fact that you are only given a handful of pieces. And so, and then you have a whole lot of other pieces out there randomly from which you can pick. Now, nobody tells you if this piece, is, this piece you're picking is going to fit or if it's not. 
you're just there's just so many other things out there that you can pick from. And now those piece I re- pieces I refer to them as you know uh, behaviors, as habits, as mindsets, as experiences, life experiences. Now you put you gather all of those and you put them together to form this beautiful piece. Now if you were to just pull get all the pieces of a puzzle together and had no idea how to put this together, you would go days and weeks and get frustrated because you're not able to put it together. But if you had someone who knew how to do it around you and just just took you by the hand and told you what steps to go and what pieces fits where, it would be much easier. So what I decided to do was to get a book in the hands of as many people as possible to say, hey, here are the habits, the mindsets, and the behaviors that you need to master the key areas of life. So in this book, I delved into six areas of life. I talked about personal growth. I talked about career or business, whichever one you you are into. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, talked exactly. about spirit. Because they're very different. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I talked about spirituality. I also talked about family or relationships, if you will. I talked about health and wellness. And lastly, the big one, money, finances. I talked about finances. And all of these, ultimately, the, the idea is that we understood the mindsets, the behaviors, and the habits that we need to crack the life code, to understand life better. Now, when a child is born, the child is at the mercy of the adult in his or her life. Now, the, the, the child does not know how to navigate life, but immediately the child is born, the child is exposed to the parents, the loved ones, and these loved ones begin to speak. As they speak and interact with the child, the child forms what is called, what I've called the codes. And that's programming for the child. Now, without knowing it, adults in the life of a child influence the child. And now as the child grows older, the child begins to leave by some of these, you know, signals or the stimuli that the child, the child, the child picked up from their parents. And they begin to leave life by those experiences. Now, without knowing if those experiences, like I said, in the case of the jigsaw puzzle, they don't know if those experiences, if those behaviors, if they are good or bad. Now, when they get out of teenage life and they get maybe get out of college and they now set out on their own, that's when they probably begin to realize that life may not be the Sheldon and the, you know, the bubble that they've lived in under their parents this whole time and that they would require certain skills to navigate life. It is at that point that a you know, a young adult will begin to say, hey, what limiting be- beliefs do I have that's hindering me or interfering with my ability to succeed in life? What do I need to do? What codes have I been programmed with that is really not helpful for me? And then how can I break those codes And then how can I build new codes that can help me succeed in every area of my life? That's essentially what this book is about. 
Yeah, and I think that's very important because it is like, uh, look, at the end of the day, it is about, as a parent, giving your children, the fa your child, your children, the foundation to, you know, to instill in them when they're young, their values and behaviours and things like that. So when they start to learn, uh, or no, learn is not the right word. It's when they start to flee the nest, when they start to want to go it on their own and they start to... Um, you know, get to their teenage years and start to have a mind of their own and not to look to you so much. And they um, start to build their own uh, view of the world and their own, make their own decisions of the world. It, it's about having that foundation of values, behaviours, the right habits as such to enable them to fall back on if should to help them make a decision absolutely quintessentially that's where we're sort of going with this but also what you're saying is that as parents we have um and it's not our fault it's not our parents fault it's not our grandparents fault but we have actually been brought up with a certain code whatever that may be some of those help us and are positive and some of those aren't quite so positive so you know some may be the glass half empty instead of the glass oh. half full and, and things like that. And it's around, and, but, but what you're saying is that those, that code can be changed. Right. Absolutely. You know, whatever you've been brought up and learned, you know, what learned, it can be changed. Absolutely. I have several examples of um, this. Uh, we have a client who, when she came to us, she clearly, uh, was raised to think that you do not accept compliments uh, wow, okay. because that's pride. So humility is not to accept compliments. So when she would make a presentation at work and her colleagues would say that's a great presentation, she would find something that didn't go right about the presentation rather than accepting it. And so she had this very low self-esteem. Mm. So al although she did well, she was very good at her job, she did not get promoted. And this was why she came to us. And when we interacted with her, we asked her a series of questions. We went through the realistic self-assessment and we realized that the core of her problem is this code she has a bad code that tells her that you do not accept compliments, it's pride. So we began the journey of trying to change that bad code, negative code into a positive one. And so I shared some of my affirmations with her. We did some workshops with her and got her to understand that it's okay to accept compliments. If you put in the work and somebody says you did a great job, it's okay to say thank you. Well, There's yeah. really nothing, nothing wrong with that because uh, humility is not, it's not humility to not accept compliments. So something as simple as that, you know, could be a limiting belief that could hold us back either in our career or in our business in the future. So there's so many examples like that that I have experienced while consulting or coaching individuals. So, so okay, so are there steps that we can put in place now? To, how, do we, how do we recognize what's holding us back? How do we recognize the, 
negative codes that we've got? Is there any way that we can do in, you know, is there an exercise that you do to recognize that? Is it like, how do you find out what's negative? So there's a exercise in my book called the realistic self-assessment. And I have a whole workbook part of the book um, towards the end of my book is an entire hundred pages of workbook yeah. that gets the reader to really reflect on themselves. One of the things we don't do a lot as humans is we don't invest a lot of time alone on ourselves. Mm. So we invest our times on entertainment. We invest our times on business, on finances, on family, our children, you know, and all that, but we don't invest a lot of time in ourselves. So with this workbook, it's going to require a lot of reflection. And so we can sit with ourselves. It's okay to do so and just reflect on some of our habits when we think about, and I give several examples in the book, when you think about a time in your life where you should have made a decision that could propel you forward and you didn't make that decision at the time, what, what, what stopped you? from making that decision? What are the thoughts in your mind? So when you put those, those thoughts down on paper, then you can evaluate those thoughts and say, hmm, could this possibly be a negative thought? And then you can investigate where did this thought come from? And then you can begin to ask your questions like, how could you replace this thought with something else? Another way to do this is to ask yourself questions like if you have a behavior that you perceive, I usually use a very simple example. If you like to hit the snooze button in the morning. <laughs> I, wow. Yes. <laughs> that's a common, that's a common example. Um, now that's a behavior. And what happens is if you look, if you want to change that behavior, maybe because it makes you run late for work and then your, your, your boss is complaining at work or it doesn't give you enough time to prepare the kids for school. The question you would ask yourself is what benefits do you get from this habit or behavior? Mm. Now you make a list of all the habits uh, or of, of all the benefits that you get from that behavior. And then you ask yourself, how can you achieve the same benefits without involving yourself or engaging in the same behavior? Yeah. So one of the benefits for hitting the snooze button is that you want to get longer sleep. You want to get more sleep. That's the benefit. Oh, I want to get more sleep. Even though scientists and researchers have shown that it doesn't work. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Who goes back to sleep for like five minutes? Like, yeah, it's, it doesn't. It doesn't happen. Even if you think it does, it doesn't happen. It's not the same. That's right. Uh, studies have shown that hitting the snooze button doesn't really give you more sleep. But yeah, let's say the benefit is getting more sleep. Then you can ask yourself, what can you do? differently to gain more sleep, but not this, without the snooze button. So simple example would be maybe go to bed one hour earlier, maybe revise your nightly routine so you can get an extra hour to get in bed earlier. That way you're getting the same benefits, but with a different type of positive behavior. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. It's like, it's the same with like managing your social media, like, you know, if you find you're waking up and you're checking Facebook and Insta and all of those things, then put a lock on your phone, like, so you can't check them or 
like you say, what benefits are you getting from checking those things? I personally, I don't see that. I, I do it, but I, well, I still do it. But like, I don't see there being any advantage. And then you're at a disadvantage if you're getting out of bed later after checking all your instas and everything because you've just burnt an hour on TikTok or whatever watching people funnily dance around. It's insane. I just have to apologize to everyone because I think they're, ta- they're demolishing a house near me. So I think if you can hear a lot of noise in the background, then. Um, yeah, I have to say sorry. They've now stopped. So fingers crossed they will stop for the next half an hour. Um, but, uh, yeah, there was a lot of background noise going on. So sorry if, um, if it was a bit noisy then. So, But, yes, no, look, uh, I agree. I agree. So it's just actually looking at all of the things that stop you from moving forward, I suppose. Um, and how can you take action? or change your state of mind um, to move you forward yeah. is basically what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And I'm glad that you, you closed that statement with the mind because uh, of, of everything that I discussed in the book, the central point is hinged on the mind and the mi- mm. and mindset. I think very strongly that the difference between the wealthy and the poor is really not education. It's not family um, pedigree. It's really the mindset. And I think that in the never in the history of mankind has anything been created that was more powerful than the mind of an individual. I think very strongly that if we're able to change our minds, we are able to alter the course of our lives. So I think the very first thing we want to look at when we think about either relationships or parenting or whatever whatever area of life that we're having difficulties, the first thing you want to really look at is what's my mindset around this area of my life. And once we're able to shift our perspective just from whatever it is in the moment to something higher, which I call a higher calling or higher level of thinking, we can begin the journey of moving ourselves literally from our current state, if it's poverty, if it's just frustration from too many things, having to do, you know, juggle so many balls to a place of peace and sanity where we are able to find balance through whatever means, including prioritization. But it's first start, it first starts in the mind. Once we understand what our mindset is about that issue, it's much easier to begin to address the problem. Yeah, and it's and and I like I've listened to so many podcasts on it, but like um, it is that like our minds are there to basically for us to survive. So our minds are not there to be um, to thwart our every move, but our minds are there to make sure that out in the environment, out in the world, we can survive. And so it is picking up on all the negative and all the things that could attack us or could affect us, um, and for want of a better word, but like kill us as such when we were out, you know, in the world, grabbing our food and all of that sort of thing. We had to be extremely alert to all of these things. And our brain has not really adapted to that 
you know our current situation where we we aren't like on alert all the time um because we've got supermarkets and we've got cars and we've got houses and we aren't like trying to find you know a shelter and food and all of those things that we had done um and so we're still adapting you know i think as human beings we're still adapting to our environments at the moment i think our reptilian brain as such is picking up on all those negatives and it is around changing those negatives to positives um or just being aware and going okay um i know you're trying to tell me don't go on this podcast or don't you know don't don't go for job promotion because you can't do it or whatever but actually you've got to believe in yourself um and you've got to um tell your brain to shut up basically haven't you yeah absolutely <laughs> and say please shut up yeah. you know and and I give I've given the example before um when I talked about this of like when I first started this podcast I mean it's we're now episode 41 and I've been doing it now for well since for the last year and a bit when I first started doing it I was like nobody's going to listen to this what's what nobody's going to want to come on why, why am I doing this and um you know crikey uh why would I you know why would I put myself out there and I just had to tell myself to shut up shut up and just do it and see where it goes and so here I am like episode 41 which I cannot believe we nearly we've nearly been going for a year like we've only got like another blimey 11 episodes and it'll be a year wow so i know it's insane and i've just kept head down bum up and just keep churning out the podcast but it's great i get to, to speak to fantastic awesome people like you i get to learn a lot of information um my listeners get to learn a lot of information and it's it's just great it just hopefully if this podcast is changing you know, people's views and giving them extra tools to bring their kids up. That's awesome. And, That's all I can ask for. And you, you know, you so, know what's beautiful? What's beautiful is you decided to get started. And getting yes. started is the most difficult part. And you decided yeah. to break the inertia and then you got started. Now, think about the thousands of people, moms out there that are listening to the podcast and whose lives are being changed by the tips and the guidance and the advice that you provide on this platform. Had you not started, many of these mothers would not have these opportunities of listening to you and your awesome guests. So, and Ideally, I know that our brain typically wants to protect us because it is safety first. It's always saying safety first, safety first. I want to protect you. But then it's our responsibility, like you said, to tell the brain, hey, relax. I'm in control. Let me do this. And um, we have to remember that life is all about risk. We are constantly taking risk, but it's not the failed attempt that counts. It's the opportunities lost. The most difficult thing is not taking action. Uh, so when, when um, dying people are on their sickbed, the one thing they regretted the most from a book that I read 
uh, the woman, an, an Australian nurse, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she, no, we, yeah, I think I know the book you're mentioning. She, yeah, she, yeah, yeah. she confirmed that the one of the biggest regrets of the dying is the not doing the things they really wish mm. they could do when they had the power to do them. Uh, so like I said in my book, there is a morning time of life, there is an afternoon time of life, and then there is a night time of life. So I broke the faces of life into the acronym MAN, which is man. The afternoon time of life is when we have all the energy. That's when we have all the passion and all the desires to do the great things we want to do because we have we're endowed with the energy and the foresight to do so. But then night comes. For everybody, there's always a nighttime when our eyesights are beginning to fail us, our health is beginning to deteriorate. It's our we're naturally just becoming weak. So it's important that we take advantage of that afternoon day, that daytime of our life to do the most that we can and um, never let fear hold us back. I, I, yeah, I agree. I agree. And I'm probably coming into the nighttime phase of my life, which is horrendous with everything failing. No, you're not. I, I, well, no, you're I know, not. I know you say that, right? <laughs> but, you know, I'm like getting to that point where I'm on that slippery slope down to like going to another, going on another journey as such. And um, well, that's what I like to call it anyway. And um, yeah, man, like I completely agree. There are things that, you know, I look back on, on my life. God, that sounds really bad. But I look back and I go, God, geez, why didn't I just go and do it? What was I so scared about? Um, and it is, like you say, it's about the fear. How do people, yep. well, apart from just doing it how do people actually overcome that fear is it writing it down and like looking it in black and white or how you know uh, what how do you help people overcome those fears because like you said it is it is about taking that first step and it is about going ah, I don't know how this is going to turn out so let's just do it and hopefully it'll be a wonderful journey and um there'll be challenges along the way like everyone's life has challenges everyone's life goes through ups and downs everyone has trauma and all of that stuff but how do you how do you get somebody to face those fears and just take a step i that's a beautiful question i guess the first thing is to acknowledge that these fears are valid and that everybody okay has these fears because the problem is when we first when we think that we are the only ones who have fears then it cripples us but i want everybody to understand that everybody has the same fears it doesn't matter what level of self awareness you've acquired what level of success you have you have acquired i listen to very successful people in the entertainment world and they say every time they want to make a speech they still get nervous some of them even have all kinds of you know experiences from fear so fear is a legitimate emotion that everybody feels that's the first thing now when we yeah. understand that we can then begin to think about how to overcome the fear 
itself. Now, the first thing that I usually encourage people to do is ask yourself this question, if I don't do this, what are my losses? And if I do this, what are my challenges? So when we understand the pros and the cons, I usually encourage pros and cons lists, just write it out. What are the pros and the cons? As many as you can think of, write them out and look at those pros and look at the cons and ask yourself realistically, do the pros outweigh the cons? And then usually, depending on what kind of decision we're trying to make, usually if we're able to find substantial pros I encourage them to just get into it. Now, you don't, you don't suddenly, so, so overcoming fear is like building a muscle. You would not overcome a big fear overnight if you haven't started overcoming smaller fears. So we have to yeah. practice the habit of overcoming our fear. I've read a lot of books that say you should run towards your fear. I agree with running towards your fear. However, what if the fear we're talking about is such a massive fear? Okay, so what I usually encourage people to do is to run through sm- run to smaller fears as a way of practicing. So every day when I wake up, I ask myself this question: What is the one thing I want? One fear that I want to run towards today? It doesn't have to be hitting me straight in the face, but I go for it. Whatever it is that I think I have, you know, phobia for, fear of, I decide I want to run towards it. And so by practicing, we're building that habit. We're building that muscle. So when something bigger comes in life, because life's challenges are not pre-announced, we've built the muscle and that habit of running towards our fear. So our natural instinct at that time would be to run towards it. And I think if everybody can make it a habit to ask themselves every day, what is one fear that I want to run towards today? What is that one thing that I'm scared of, but I really want to, I want to just go for it today. It might just be as simple as just you know, waking up one hour earlier. It might be going to the gym at 6 a.m. Maybe I never did that before. You know, whatever it is, just just do yeah. it. That's just do the one yeah. thing. Yeah. I, I got a um it's quite funny because I was watching, dare I say it, I was watching on Facebook this morning, David Goggins. Um so like awesome dude, uh crazy, but that's his thing. But he says, be extraordinary. If you want, you know, don't be ordinary, be extraordinary. And, you know, just don't have an argument. Don't lay in bed having an argument with yourself about whether you're going to get them. Just go ahead and do it and say, right. And I think there's another guy and I can't think of his name now. Ah. Um, But he says, he says, um, he doesn't give himself the excuse today. So if he wakes up and goes, oh, I really don't want to get out of bed and go for that run or whatever, he says, okay, if I feel the same way I'll tomorrow, I'll give myself the excuse tomorrow. But obviously tomorrow comes and he says the same thing as such. But like, so he just says, just get up and go and do it. And obviously he then feels better afterwards. And it's about, you know, just saying, well, if I feel like that tomorrow, then I'll give myself a day off tomorrow as such. But um, he just continues to do it. I can't think of the name of the guy, which is really frustrating. But um, yeah, so. um, We have to. Yeah. 
and and it yeah. is we have to remember uh that sometimes i guess the fear comes from your denominity of the goal but if we take our minds off of the goal off of the destination and we focus on the now that can help us move forward so if you if you think about yeah. the the destination it's usually massive it's usually huge and that alone can scare anybody but if you take your mind off of the destination and you bring your mind down to the journey what is the one thing that you need to do today that can get you closer to that goal then the fear of what you need to do today is lesser than the fear of the entire destination and the entire goal. So an example is weight loss. So if you want to lose 100 pounds, that's a huge goal and that can scare you. But if you ask yourself today, what do I need to do today that can get me 1% closer to my goal? That's not such a big thing. So it's easier to think about our goals in the in the now of i mean today what we need to do today and that way it's a little less of a fear than the ultimate destination yeah exactly i mean it's like saying right um i'm not going to cut out everything if i'm gonna like try and lose weight but i'm gonna cut out one thing a week so you cut out sugary fizzy drinks the first week and then just get through that and then go okay what am i going to cut out this week on top of what I cut out last week and trying and go small steps each time. So you don't feel as though you're actually depriving yourself. And with diets, oh, with diets, it's re-educating the brain basically because our, our bodies fight against ourselves. Don't even get me in that subject. I read all about microbiome and all of that stuff and how our little microbes in our stomachs and, you know, in our bodies can actually affect our brains, which is, insane but yeah no it's and i'm trying to educate my son in all of this because he's obviously a typical six-year-old boy who just wants to drink coke and like eat rubbish basically so uh it's just educating him into eating veggies and stuff like that so okay so how do we how do we help our kids change and develop their mindsets because i think it's really important to start early with this stuff um you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, like my son's six, so it's he's already got the little saying, "Mistakes are my friend," so which is great. Um, so you know, he's not if he makes a mistake, he doesn't get all hit up and like you know, crazy about it. He just goes, "Okay, well, I need to learn from this mistake," so it's my friend. So, um, what other things can we do? So we obviously need to work on ourselves, but how do we then, how can we help? Yeah, I think that's a beautiful uh, question as well. I think the, the first thing is really to model the behavior. Uh, we have to keep in mind that our kids are constantly observing us and they mm. read us the way a Christian reads the Bible. This is how kids read their parents because they do not have any view, any way or frame of reference other than the parents. And when they start school, then teachers and 
friends. So it's important to model any behavior that we want to see in our kids. So if you if a child grows up to see you doing the right thing, it's a lot easier to communicate the right thing to the child because that's what the child knows. You have the ability to influence the child very early by modeling the behavior. So that's usually my first recommendation to parents to uh, and they, they think sometimes that, oh, he's too young, he doesn't see what I'm doing, or he doesn't quite hear. What... No, you have to model whatever behavior you want the child to. And then the other thing is we we have to speak to them like they are humans. And we, yes, yes. we need to talk to them like humans um, so that they can understand regardless of how we feel. I'm saying now that sometimes I want to make a decision and I just hear my mother's voice. My mother passed away a couple of months ago, but I hear her voice in my head. Because she probably said those words when I was maybe, what, six, seven, eight, but I still hear those words. So we need to talk to our kids like they are humans. Let's have real, real conversations. We parents think, oh, well, they can't understand right now. How about just say it now and then say it again tomorrow and then say it again next year and then continue to reinforce it. It's important to uh, um, to speak to our kids like they are. And that's how when, when you model the behavior and then you talk to them about the behavior like a human being, it's a lot easier for them to carry on with that behavior. Now, it's also important to note that there would be mystics we all have made mistakes, <laughs> so yeah. so we should prepare. Oh my god! <laughs> we should yeah. prepare ourselves for those mistakes. There would be times when they would, you know, they would fall short. Let's give some grace, um, but then let's also. I had this interesting conversation with a friend of mine just two days ago, where she was saying, you know, I'm just gonna tell my son, you know what, just do your best, and um, in this, we're talking about education now. Uh, she was she was really saying that I put too much pressure on myself for excellence in school, academic excellence. So she said, I'll tell my son, uh, you know what, you just need to put in your effort. And then if your effort gets you a B, that's fine. But then I asked her the question, like, what if the, his effort gets him a D or an E? <laughs> <laughs> is that also okay? And she's like, um, maybe not okay. All right. So, <laughs> so we exactly. we always have to find a uh, balance with our kids. Uh, just you know, find balance, encourage them, show them what excellence looks looks like, show them the life skills they need to survive. Because frankly speaking, many times we have to always remember that many times parents make promises to their children, like I would always be here for you. Unfortunately, life doesn't allow that to happen. See, my mom, when I wanted to write this book, I called her because I I made reference to her in my book. I said, listen, I want to write a book. And in this book, you are going to be in the book. I'm going to talk about you. And I'm just calling everybody else that I want to talk about in my book for permission. And she was like, oh, well, it's fine on one condition. The condition is that I'm the first person to get a copy when the book is ready. And I was like, oh, that's doable. That's not a problem. I can get a a copy to you. And um, 
and that's it. So I started writing, but then just about, I wouldn't say what, 48 days before the book was ready, my mom passed. I lost my mom. No. So, <laughs> oh, shame. Shame. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. Bass. I mean, I'm just, I just brought that up to say that we have to raise them to, not, while keeping in our minds that just about anything can happen. We don't expect yeah. the worst, yeah. but we have to prepare them for life without us. Yeah, no, I, I, I do. I agree. I mean, you know, I had my son late, so I don't expect to, I like to stay around as long as I possibly can, but I'm not expecting to still be around when he reaches my age. Because if I am, it will be a bloody miracle and we'd have got some miracle drug that means that I'll be 106 or whatever. So, you know, happy days. But, yeah, so, like, I agree. I completely agree with you. And I, it's a, yeah, it's, they need to be able to deal with those those aspects as well. And um, we need to be able to um, make sure that they can be independent, stand on their own two feet and all of those sort of things, go out into the big wild world and deal with life and make those decisions and move forward. It's, um, yeah, it's an, it's an inevitable thing of life. If there's one thing we know, that is that, you know, that we are all going to die sometimes. It is the only thing I think in life that is actually like, you know, known where we go is another thing. And that's all up for debate and probably another podcast. But, um, but yeah, you know, and look, yeah, I agree. I agree. And um, it is monkey see monkey that's do. Right. Definitely. Um, there are certain things that my son does that I go, Oh my God, where did you get that from? And then I catch myself doing it and I'm like, Oh, okay. Maybe it was from me. And, um, I think it's also about showing them that you're human too, so that you can make mistakes too and say, Oh, I made a mistake. It's okay. I need to learn from that. And you give them the examples or that you say, Oh, I was a little bit scared about doing that, but this is what I told myself. And so you can give yourself like, give them examples and, and make it sound as though they're not the only one in the world that's going through this. You know, when you were their age, it was a bit scary going to school and, you know, all of this sort of malarkey. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So look, where, sorry, go on. You no, know, you just reminded me of an interesting saying back home in Nigeria. Uh, there is this running joke that all parents came first in school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, <laughs> that all parents did well in school. No parent was, you know, was uh, poor in school. But it's important to tell them the truth and tell them areas where you have not done well. So, uh, and that would always, you know, why that's important also, it would make them come to you every time they need to make a decision. Yeah, because you know? you, you're not, you're not that um holier than thou individual you know at the end you know you're sort of going hey this is what I did might not work for you but it worked for me or you know maybe we can sit down and brainstorm some options as to how we deal with things so yeah no I'm yeah no wow um yeah full-on day thank you Babs where can people where can our listeners connect with you where can they get the book um, the book is available on Amazon. It's also available on crackingthelifecode.com. 
Okay, okay. And that's where people can um, read more about you, what you do. Can they contact you via that website as well? Absolutely. Help at crackinthelifecode.com. Just send us an email at help at crackinthelifecode.com and we'll be very happy to receive and welcome Brilliant. Oh, no, that would be awesome, Babs. And do you like, do you do, uh, are you thinking of, should I say, doing courses on cracking the life code or are you going to hold events or talk and do presentations on this? Absolutely. Talks? Absolutely. Uh, okay. Cracking the life code is beyond the book. It's, it's an entire movement. Yeah. Um, and we have, we have uh, workshops, we have conferences coming up. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. We have Cracking the Life Code conference coming up. We have workshops. We have retreats also. Uh, And uh, we're eating up for the pandemic. We had planned to take our retreat out to um, other countries as well, beyond the United States. So next year, 2024, our first international uh, retreat in England would be happening. Wow. Okay. Going global. That's awesome. Well done. Thank you. Thank you so (laughs) much. Cool. Cool. Okay. Well, look, thank you for that. And I'll put all of the other stuff, uh, your your links and everything in the blurb below, below the podcast. Um, So look, final question, final, final question I asked to everyone. If you had a superpower, what would it be? What would it be, Bob? Well, my soup. If I had a superpower, it would really be the ability to help change a person's mind. Like just get into yeah. a person's mind and just, just just change one setting. Just just change it from just you know negative negative to positive. <laughs> just tweak it. Get into somebody's mind yeah. and tweak it. Who is it? Is it Magneto? Who's that in the Avengers? I can't remember. Who gets into people's yeah. minds? I can't remember who it is. But you want to go in there. You don't want to read their minds. You just want to go in there and tweak right. their minds. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'd I don't read either. Their minds. I don't think I want to know. I don't want to know what people think of me. I just think of whatever I think and that's it. I think that's probably the best way. Although I'm sure with social media nowadays, it's all right there anyway. Um, people feel the need to tell other people what they think of them. So like, I'm like, whatever. No, I think that's awesome. I think that's a really, really good idea. I think we need more of this tweaking. Maybe you can go into Putin's mind and like tweak it for a more positive aspect and he can stop invading places. You know, we can have a better place, better place in the world. But hey. That's right. There we go. I've just got political on my podcast. But, you know, um, yeah, no, geez, you know, that man, what can I say? Cool. So, look, thank you. Thank you so much for spending the time with us today. Um, I know you're really busy with promoting the book and, you know, all the various different other things you do because we're now coming out of pandemic. So you're now back running the business and producing the book and various different things like that. So thank you for coming and spending the time with us today. Thank you so much. And thank you for doing this beautiful work that you're doing uh, of creating this beautiful podcast for your listeners. I tell you, you're doing a great job. You're helping shape destinies. So keep doing it. Thank you so much for having me. Wow, thank you. Um, That's where I go. Oh, compliment. Don't know if I can take that. But no, I'm learning too. Thank you so much, Babs. Right, you go and have a great evening. And um, 
Yeah, I'll get on with my Monday. Thank you so much. You are very welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week and I hope to see you back here again soon. Be kind to yourself and remember, no one is perfect. We're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best. I'm Claire Martin and you've been listening to the Strong, Single and Human podcast. <laughs>